Paul is not a misogynist. He's mm. he's not uh, against women. That would be very uncharacteristic of him mm. compared to the rest of the scripture. They continue to live in faith, love, holiness, and modesty. And I, I think that's saying that women model Eve's legacy as the mother of many generations. Hmm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name is Ethan. And my name is Derry. And guys, if you haven't done it already, wherever you listen to the show, wherever you're listening right now, leave us a like, a review, have a comment or something like that. We love to interact with you guys. We love to hear about what you liked about the show, things you want to hear later on, things about our guests, who you want us to have on, all that kind of stuff. Um, so go subscribe, leave a comment, all that kind of stuff. We're everywhere. Anywhere you want to find us, just TYDAC Media. We're probably there. So enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So today our guest, he goes by the name The Bible Teacher. He was on our show when we had the big group chat, if you remember, a couple months ago. And he's coming on today to talk about the top five hardest New Testament Bible verses that we found in the mm. scriptures. And mm. without further ado, let's bring in Jonah Wiley. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thanks for coming on for a pretty, what I think could be a hard a hard episode about these yeah. Bible verses. Especially when you're sick. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I'm sick. I mean, yeah. I'm having all the symptoms of telling me I'm sick. Um, mm. And so if, if I just burst out coughing in the middle of the podcast, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not, but I'm fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm <laughs> that healing in Jesus' name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys sent me these verses, and I was like, dang, these guys are, are they've done their research. Um, <laughs> yeah. I better come prepared with an answer. It was like, oh, shoot, man, mm-hmm. these, these guys don't play. Yeah. We, I, think we've done, I love that. I love that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, these guys are, st- why are they doing it to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that episode's called Five Hearts. Like, no, you're supposed to give me the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean that Jesus loves the whole world? Yeah. <laughs> Let me explain it to you. This is How about one. Genesis 1 1? <laughs> that's so funny we i know we've talked about some of these ourselves on the show before a little bit um, yeah 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 we want to do like a top five video because i feel like people would enjoy those just like some some quick explanations and maybe yeah. topics and we also might disagree on some of them because these are super contentious verses right like there's a yeah. lot of scholars who don't agree there's a, a lot of yeah like non-agreement among these verses mm-hmm. so all three of us can have different church views. denomination splits yeah I mean, the Catholics, or at least one of the verses, the Catholics have like, they're like this. We just said, we, we agree with what the verse says. Yeah. And Protestants are like, oh, there's got to be something deeper there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, we also did try to stay away from verses about sovereignty, too, because it's just been talked about so much. Yeah. And so it's like, it's they're contentious verses, but it's like everybody kind of knows what they think. And so we're like, whatever, like we're going to stay away from that for this episode and go for some real cryptic ones. Yeah, we're not going to talk about like predestination. Everyone already knows. Right. It's not that you're not predestined to hell. Everyone knows this. <laughs> That's for a different podcast. <laughs> Things you do here in church. Which one's more powerful, God's sovereignty or free will? Yeah, I always most of my friends will be like, "Well, in God's sovereignty, He gave us free will." Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate. Dude, Robin hates that. He had a pod. He had a. Uh, he had a TikTok. He had a TikTok about it. I'm, I'm sure. I thought it was our group chat was great because we had so many people from so many spectrums of oh gosh, theology. Yeah. We're like, I'd say us three are probably the more charismatic of the bunch, mm-hmm. you know, but then we had like people who are like Presbyterian and another guy who's like reformed Calvinist. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is fun. Look at this. Yeah. We can all get along. This is great. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, definitely. We should have a, another one with some more people. Mm-hmm. Time. Yeah. We maybe, did. A, we did. 
What's that? Hey, Big John Steele can show up this time. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Or, uh... We uh, could, um... Brunson. Brunson. Right? I don't know. Josh Benson. Josh yeah. Benson. Yeah. You know Josh Benson, the church chad guy? Yeah, 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 I know him. Yeah. He's supposed to be on there, too. I was, uh... I was watching. Uh, do you know who Ruslan is? We're just talking about Christian rap, and so he's yes. like he's part of Dream Ru- Junkies. Yeah, Ruslan. Now yeah, he's yeah. got a YouTube. I know of him. I'm not super familiar with. Okay, him. now he does YouTube now, and he does like really good. If you like, got, if you check out him out on YouTube, his content's always excellent. It's like mm-hmm. inspiration for like the quality and stuff like that. But he actually reacted to a video his Josh Benson's TikTok about people getting mad at Lecrae. Oh, really? Because because people were like. Lecrae was saying like all this stuff like I'm not this and then Josh got on there and he's like do people still give him a hard time yeah guys leave him alone and he just was like just talking and then that video got put on to Ruslan's channel and then Ruslan's like we gotta have Josh Benson in and so I commented I was like he was on our podcast it was great yeah (laughs) I was like man but you should say Ruslan everybody should say Ruslan he doesn't like it stuff yeah yeah pretty cool but yeah so with that being said go check out Ruslan Go subscribe. Oh, so go to follow uh, Jonah. He just got a he just got a, a Twitch. Twitch too, yeah. So he just got on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. And Twitch. I'm like, I'm already like, I've already have to like, because I'm super excited about it. So I have to like check myself and make sure I have like all like I feel like I have to babysit myself. I'm like, okay, are all my chores done before I go on Twitch? Mm. Are, are all my responsibilities done on Twitch? Because I could spend like three or four or five hours on that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm like, okay, do I have like, because my missionary work is done. It's the house taken care of because I know if like, if I don't check myself, then I'll just be on there all the time. Right. So, mm-hmm. But yes, I do have, I do have a Twitch. I've been talking about getting on Twitch for like two years. And then um, the sickness came and I couldn't really go anywhere. And so I was just like, you know what? Now's now's the day. Today is the day mm. to to get on Twitch, and then I got it, and then it, it's working. And so I think that's going to be a, a regular uh, platform for me from now on. That's awesome. What cool. do you, do you think? You're just going to hang out with people just and have discussion, or is there like a specific thing you want to do there? Well, what I normally do is on my TikTok and Instagram live streams, I would go on and just teach the Bible. Mm. I mean, like I'm the Bible teacher. I kind of have to live up to that name. Right. Yeah. And so Hence I thought, you know, because what I have is I have an iPhone. I have two iPhones. I have one just for regular use and I have a secondary one for specifically that purpose. It's like mm. an iPhone 6. I got it for like 80 bucks or right. something. But I would do TikTok and Instagram on two phones. But on Twitch, I can use my computer. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be utilizing that. I mean, a big, a big... Um, message that i have for for like my mantra for my social media platforms is if the apostle paul had an iphone what would he do with it Hmm. interesting and then i try to do whatever i can come up with and people get saved that way people are getting discipled that way yeah we me me and my friend samuel perez we took a discord and turned it to an online church now we're discipling five thousand people in it right Mm -hmm. and so it's just like that that's just my mindset it's just like okay how can i expand the gospel faster with it with the tools that i have been given Mm -hmm. so Twitch happened, and I'm like, oh, Twitch, I, I feel like the Lord, Holy Spirit's on this one, so. Cool. Yeah, go follow me on Twitch. What's your uh, account called? Uh, all accounts are under the name The Bible Teacher. Okay, wow. Easy. Cool. And there's also a, a link in my social media platforms. There's mm. a direct me link that I put in all of them that uh, direct other people to my other platforms as well. Cool. And The Bible so Teacher. I try to make it as easy as possible. The Bible Teacher wasn't taken by anyone already. I feel like there's so uh, many people who teach no. the Bible. That's such a, that's oh. awesome. Awesome. No, because uh, 
I chose the Bible teacher because um, nobody knew who Jonah Wiley was mm-hmm. when I first started. So I was like, I want a name that that immediately catches people's attention, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and gives a brand and an impression. So if I say the Bible teacher, but nobody nobody took took the name. Mm. Um, I feel like because if they call themselves the Bible teacher, then they have to teach the Bible, and, yeah, and that's right. a lot of work. And so people run away from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right. then I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah, like with things you don't hear in church, we can talk about auto shops. And anything because you don't talk about cars in church usually literally anything you don't talk in church <laughs> we'll talk about yeah we'll talk about favorite foods and things you talk about in church too <laughs> yeah which is ironic now because <laughs> we're things ho- you don't hear in church and things you do hear in yeah church. it's all t-y-d-h-c-a-d-h-c <laughs> slash nice. but what the irony is that we're hosted at a church right now which yeah. is hilarious and we have pastors on all the time all the things you hear and don't you don't hear in church is in a church. So, yeah. What, what are, what are but about? what's the first verse? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's get into it. You know. So the first verse um, is Hebrews six four through six. Um, it's the one about yes. how it's impossible to renew someone to repentance, mm-hmm. right? And that makes it kind of confusing because you're like, wow, does that mean like if I like don't repent and I like move away from the Lord that I can never come back? Because I feel like we all know somebody who's like walked away from their faith, had a time of crisis or me deconstructed or something like that. And then has like come back to the faith now and is now repented. And it seems like the Lord's moving in their life. So like, how do we, maybe not reconcile, but just understand this verse and its context. They go to their second heaven for sure. Yeah. Second class citizens in the kingdom. Yeah. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) More Mormons. Heresy. Both teacher, cancel him. (laughs) yeah so jonah what do you think about that verse um there's a lot so here's my first two thoughts before i share what i think Hmm. is is one when when we read the bible you we can't just take one scripture and make a doctrine out of it Hmm. that's how cults start Mm -hmm. is they take one verse they'll they'll take that verse in psalms where jesus says we are gods and then we'll we will live like we're demigods because we make a doctrine out of that Hmm. and hebrews 6 is the same thing if we're going to read Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, we got to read it in the context of Hebrews 6. And then we have to read that through the context of Hebrews. Right. And then we got to read that through the context of the New Testament. And then we got to read that through the Old Testament. It's all the Bible is is not a linear um, book of literature. It's all intertwined, tangled right. up. The only way for us to properly read the Bible in a perfect world, the only way to properly read the Bible is to read all of it every single day and memorize it and meditate on it day and night. And I think that's, that's um, obviously we can't do that because that takes, it takes a year for some people to read the Bible. Um, But, but that's, that's kind of how the Bible's designed. That's why the Bible says to eat the squirrel, not Hmm. snack on it. It's not Hmm. like the, like you can't just say, Oh, I'll just read a little bit of this, a little bit of this. And then like, that's just theology. It, you got to consume all of it. And the second thing I say is, is a lot of people use this verse as a term of like, you can't lose your salvation. Hmm. Um, yeah, and that lot. feeds into the once saved, always saved argument. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I've, what I've learned in reading the Bible and studying theology and just hearing the arguments is that the, the I might get canceled for this. I don't, I don't know, but I say this on my social media platform. So uh, the Bible doesn't say in a clear manner if you can lose your salvation or not mm. otherwise there wouldn't be a debate right of course and so i mean like the debate is proof 
mm -hmm. that it doesn't mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there's so many people that are fervent on each side mm -hmm. saying you can you cannot and and what i've learned before i move on is what i've learned is that we're asking ourselves the wrong question here hmm. of can a christian lose your salvation that's if you think about it that's a very unhealthy way of thinking as a christian hmm. um and equip it, it's equivalent to saying okay how many times can i cheat on my wife until she divorces me mm, yeah yeah it's like that's a very unhealthy way of thinking or uh nobody wins a lottery and thinks of all the ways they can go bankrupt mm. it's like we have been given this beautiful amazing gift of salvation why are we wasting so much time arguing how we can lose it <laughs> that's mm. such a good point <laughs> and it, it's like that's just what i'm seeing Thanks, and i'm like God. i don't want this argument to to have like hmm. I, I think that God did not specifically clarify for a reason. And I think Hebrews backs up that reason because the book of Hebrews is a very theological book. I mean, all the Bible books are, but like Hebrews and Romans, I would argue are the most uh, used for like sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. um, they're written in more of a theological doctrinal teaching manner versus like Galatians is more of a letter correcting a church. Same with Corinthians. Uh, James is written to to other Christian believers as, as a correctional as a, a correctional letter as well. But like Romans and Hebrews are like the books to like uh, solidify a solid foundation. Mm, yeah. And when you read Hebrews, he's speaking a lot of theological facts. And yet at the same time, about every other about every three chapters, he kind of brings the audience back and he says, if this is true, then take this salvation seriously. Hmm. And like take Hebrews 1, for example. He says that Jesus is higher than any of the angels. Hmm. And he, he talks about how like Jesus is not an angel, how Jesus is higher than the angels. And then he ends that chapter and he says, um, so it's bad if you dismiss a message of an angel. Like we can agree with that. Hmm. If an angel like gives you a message and you neglect it, that's bad. But if Jesus is above an angel... That is significantly much worse to, to dismiss his message. Mm. Mm. And so Hebrews 6 is kind of connecting in that sphere where it's it's more of it's not teaching uh, like you can't lose your salvation or something like that. It's teaching like, hey, take this seriously, mm. because if this is our salvation. We're not supposed to be putting Jesus on the cross over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. Like, take this seriously, take this relationship, this salvation, even Philippians 2 says to work your salvation with fear and trembling hmm. to I, I i know that um grace is not an excuse to sin hmm. Hmm. um and I, I i laugh when people kind of have to like tell people that when they'd be like hey like grace is not an excuse to sin and it's like that's like telling a newlywed to not cheat on their spouse nobody thinks like that hmm. um at least people who are genuinely saved don't think that way right exactly it's like if you're if you're genuinely saved that's not the first thing on your mind hmm. Um, like, but this is, this is a healthy God, reminder <laughs> of yeah. of like um, nobody responds to grace with sin. Mm -hmm. No right, no born again Christian will respond to grace with sin. Right. It's like again, if you're in love with your spouse, you don't have to think about oh I shouldn't cheat on her. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't cheat on him. Nobody thinks no person in the right mind thinks like that. Right. But with Hebrews six, it's saying it's impossible to bring people back to repentance, um, solidifying that idea of we are not supposed to be even going in that direction of of wondering of of like putting jesus repeatedly on on the cross right. um i will i want to read that scripture in its context if yeah, that's okay do it 
How dare you um, teach the Bible as the Bible teacher? Right. <laughs> what? Heretic. <laughs> He's using context. Stop him. <laughs> I actually had somebody uh, try to correct me in scripture on, on, on one of my TikToks. And they're like, that's not what the Bible verse says. And I literally took this screenshot on my phone and like replied to the comment. And it says, yes, it does. <laughs> and yes, it does. and they're like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was just like, I copied and pasted it. So, right. um, so here's the context of Hebrews 6. I'm going to read it in New Living Translation. Mm. So let us stop going over the basics about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead to become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who are once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things in heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Mm. So it's one, Hebrews 6 is saying, like, let's stop going over the basics that you already know. Mm. And I would like to give a little side note that this author is implying that turning away from evil deeds, um, turning away from evil deeds, putting our faith in God, uh, understanding baptism, laying on of the hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. This author is implying that those are basics. Mm. Those aren't deep truths. Mm. Those are the basics of Christianity. Yeah. And and so it's like, if, if that's our mindset where it's like, Oh, I want to learn more about this stuff. And you're like, you claim to be a Christian. No, no, sorry. I want to, I want to take that back. Cause that sounds harsh. It's not supposed to be harsh. We should not be considering those as in like advanced Christianity mm. mm -hmm. or we shouldn't be thinking of like, oh, that's a that's a true devout Christian. No, that's the basics of what we should be doing. Mm. Mm. You know, like similar to Jesus saying, like, you know, um, you will make disciples of all nations. You're not a devout Christian. If you make disciples, you're a basic Christian. If you make disciples. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so going on in this chapter, um, it says, for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who are once enlightened. So if, if you think about it, this is not a salvation issue. Mm. Just bear with me for a second. What this is saying is like, if you encountered God in a real manner and you reject him, you've made your decision. Like that's it. Similar to Satan being in the presence of God and he sees him and he says, I don't want you. I want to be like you. I want to be the most high. Mm -hmm. Boom, he's kicked out. And so in this this would if, if this helps understand it, think of this as Satan's situation where he was once enlightened with God and he rejected it and now he's unable to repent. Hmm. Interesting. That's good. And so this is the this is theology. This is how it works in real life, but the problem is is that God judges the hearts, not us. So it's kind of hard for us to dictate hmm. who fits into this box and who doesn't. Right. I like the caveat. Yeah. It's hard to judge and that. So it's cuz we're not heart police. Hmm. We're not going to be like, well, I, I, I need to, I, I like, we can't, we, we can tell, but in part we can't who's actually saved. We can judge by the fruits, but, um, right. going back to the idea, I know I'm rambling on a little bit. That's good. Going back to the idea of like, are they actually saved? If we see a Christian who falls away from God, deconstructs, whatever, our first thought should not be, 
oh, were they actually saved? Our first shot thought should be, dude, my brother in Christ just went away from God. I need to pray for him now. Mm-hmm. Like he is separating himself from the source of life to the source of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I need to fast. I need to pray. I need to be by this guy's side because he's doing something that ought not to be done. He's rejecting God. I don't know if he's numbing the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if he's fully rejecting God, but I'm going to pray and fast that it's the former that he's just numbing God. He's not rejecting him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go on to just to kind of back up your point, I think if you go on to the context right after it, there's a an illustration of the ground given and the rain, right? And in my mind, this cannot be true, but in my mind, the rain is that revelation from God, like someone who has actually experienced God. Um, so like what it says, uh, I think in verse seven, for the ground that drinks the rain. So I think the ground would be us. Maybe this is typology, but I'm not sure. For the ground that drinks the rain that often falls on it and that produces vegetation useful to those for whom it was cultivated and receives a blessing from God. But if it produces thorns and thistles, it is worthless and about to be cursed and at the end will be burned, right? So it's like God is giving his revelation to some people and if it produces fruit, it's a blessing to God, right? And if it, and to us, and if it doesn't, it's thorns and it'll be burned, right? So it's just the illustration of that choice. Like if the Lord pours his revelation into you and you produce thorns, like you're going to be burned. You're not from him, right? But if you choose him, exactly. then yeah, just a real illustration of the point made beforehand. Which matches up with his parables. Right. Mm-hmm. Like many are called for your chosen. The invitation to come to God's presence is open to everyone, mm. but not everybody accepts it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Mm. All right. That's awesome. Good. I think we covered that. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that before we anybody move on? Anybody disagree with me? Um, anybody want to call me a heretic, false teacher, we'll, or whatever? We'll see in the comments. We'll, we'll make sure they can DM you. Yeah. About it. <laughs> We'll tell them to post screenshots in, in your DMs. Dude, I know they say not to read the comments section, but we just had a post kind of go like mini viral, and the comments are hilarious. I don't know what yeah. people are talking about. Don't read the comments. I have so much fun. Yeah. The Chosen, the Chosen TV show, they're hysterical. Really? Um, They had one where it's like, uh, I remember because I saw it and I was just laughing. It was, um, they said, I can I can pull it up on my phone if you, if you, um, if we got a moment. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. I, I remember taking a, a picture and posting it on my Instagram because I thought it was just hysterical. Mm-hmm. A picture of like their uh, comment section? They, they'll respond to uh, hate comments and they'll just troll them. <sighs> Whoa. I think it's Dallas. It could be Dallas. So here's the comment. Repent, Dallas and Jonathan, of your blasphemy and twisting the scriptures. Repent of your Freemasonry and promotion of your true God, Lucifer. Whoa. <laughs> and they took a screenshot. And they reposted it, and they just in the caption just says, "No." Whoa! <laughs> it's just it. here's a concerning just... thing, though. If they actually are following Lucifer and the Freemason stuff, they're telling you right there. So it could be like it's a joke, <laughs> and they're trolling. But they also could be like, "Oh, they found out. Let's just make a joke." That's the response they want it's, for sure. It's like the, it's like when the, it's like if you're a conspiracy theorist and people you start seeing the Illuminati memes a yeah. couple years ago, you're like. No, they're making a joke out of themselves. It's like, yeah, it's like they're making a joke out of being Illuminati. So no one will take it seriously, but they actually are there. You know, it's like a. 
double-edged sword thing where it's like oh you guys <laughs> I'll, I'll do that in some of my posts and be like hey here's proof that i'm a false teacher and i'll take a screenshot of one of my videos that had like 666 views Whoa. on it and i'll just be like that's proof that's <laughs> proof that I'm, that I'm a false teacher right there that's proof. i'm coming um, out and saying it i actually had to block somebody because they kept making videos saying i'm a false teacher because i would wink in some of my videos yeah well there's that no <laughs> i was like there's that proverb that says like it's that one proverb yep. yeah it's like they wink at their evil deceit and i was just like well dare used wink. to wink all like, the time and we would make fun of him for it i still do he'd be like he just like wink at you for, he like made a joke he'd wink at across the room and me and my friend dalton would have like a we'd pull all the proverbs up and we're like dude you're you're evil yeah that's what this says you're a liar <laughs> you repent my guy yeah. you belong to satan <laughs> Yeah. All right. That's when I say, like, well, what if I what if I blink with both of my eyes at the same time? Is that okay? <laughs> That's the thing. Cyclops can't wink. True. That's like, oh, good thing that exists. That's a deep thought. Well, we, well, one-eyed people. I we guess, don't know. Maybe. Yeah, dude. Come on. Yeah, That's I'm pretty, being insensitive. It's pretty exclusive language right there. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Canceled. Now I need to repent. <laughs> right, what's the next verse? All right. The next verse is First Timothy two fifteen. Right, and this is. A hard one, in my opinion, it's a hard one. But we'll see, like, where we get to. Um, and this is about women being saved through childbearing. I think a lot of us have read this passage, and most people that read it get kind of they think more about the part that's uh, about women having authority, right? Yeah. And, and we try to not address this one. You know, we yeah. kind of like we'll read that part later. We'll go for like. If you want to know first. about the Timothy verse and authority, go listen to our episode with Abby Elliott. Mm-hmm. She wrote her dissertation on it. It's a very thorough episode. You can have fun with it. It's a good one, yeah. And so we usually skip over this, but this is a confusing passage. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of scholars uh, talk about like how it's so contentious in scholarship and what people think it means versus like what it could possibly mean and stuff. Well, the problem is it's not hard to understand. People just don't want to accept the reality that <laughs> only women go to heaven if they have kids. Yeah. People it's a hard reality clip, to understand. People are going to clip that and cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jonah, what do you think about this verse? Um so going back to what i said before is like if we're going to understand the scripture we got to take it in the context of the chapter of the book of the testament and of the whole bible and so when we look at first timothy 2 we see i'm looking at right now we're, we're seeing that this is referring to a lot of roles for men and women in the church and they're hmm. equal but they're distinct women had different roles than men men had different roles of women not only in marriage but also in the church um, and this is also the chapter where it says, like, you know, women shouldn't be leading or, or whatever. And whenever there's there's a uh, disconnect like that, we gotta ha- we have to assume it's something deeper, because this would be totally out of character if there was no context behind it. And Paul was writing this; that would make no sense, because mm-hmm. Paul appointed women elders in the Book of Acts. So yeah. it wouldn't make sense for us to say like, oh yeah, Paul Paul says women can't like lead in church, mm-hmm. speak in church, or, or or whatever. It's like. Well, no, because he allowed women to lead in the book of Acts. Right. So there has to be a deeper issue with this, as well as when we're discerning what the Bible actually means. It's healthy to understand that there is a practical aspect of it, but also a spiritual aspect of it at the same time. Because hmm. God never, you, you will never see in the Bible, God tells to do something for the reason of, quote, because I told you so. Hmm. I know we've heard that from our parents growing up. It was like, do this because I said so. You never see that from God, though. God mm-hmm. always gives a reason or a benefit or a blessing upon doing that. Um, even even like the Old Testament stuff, like the Sabbath and the burnt offerings, there was always a spiritual reason behind that. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we see something kind of like uh, out of um, 
out of character within these within these texts, we gotta assume like, okay, there's something deeper here, and not just say, okay, women are saved through childbearing, because hmm. that would be totally out of that. That wouldn't fit with the rest of the narrative hmm. of the Book of Timothy, as well as the New Testament, as well as the Bible, right? And so I don't think this this would obviously not be referring to women receive salvation through childbearing. Mm, mm. To your point. Because that would be heresy. To your point, like, yeah, there's no clearer thing in Scripture than what salvation is, right? And so now, like, we're getting thrown a curveball, like, oh, wait, it's actually women having kids? And you're like, well, the rest of the Bible is pretty, like, univocal on, like, what salvation is and where it points to, right? Grace of faith. Mm-hmm. And so what, what do we do with this verse? You also, the I mean? fact that Paul says there is no male or female, Jew or Gentile, right. slave detail. or free. What do you say? Yeah, that's Small not detail. Paul saying that there's Small no more detail. gender. That's yeah. not what he's saying at all. Right. <laughs> I've, I've heard some people try to argue that. He's saying there's no more gender. I'm like, that's not even that's close not to what He just meant for salvation. It's not. <laughs> Everyone right. can come. <laughs> and so when we see this scripture, we see that he's making this uh, connection between women and uh, Eve. Hmm. Um, you see this in verse 13. For God made Adam first, and afterward he made Eve. It was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. It was the woman who was deceived, and sin was a result. Hmm. And so from from what I understand with this scripture is it's not saying – the Greek word for saved in the in verse 15 is sozo, hmm. which can mean salvation, but it's I believe it's more accurate when it says healing. Hmm. And so from what I understand, if it's making this connection with Eve, Eve's failure was the Garden of Eden – but I would argue that Eve redeemed herself by her legacy of giving birth to all of humanity. Interesting. And so it's this idea of reproducing, um, not just in, in a for, – for Eve, it's a, it's a practical sense. But for us, even, it's a spiritual sense. Mm. And I think for, for men, this can even be argued of like our legacy is the people we give spiritual birth to, our disciples, mm. are the people that we minister to. That's our legacy. Um, and so with women – and childbearing, obviously, men can't give birth. I who I didn't know that in twenty twenty three that would be a very controversial statement. Right, uh, women, uh, men can't get pregnant. Um, but it says in in the verse, but women will be saved through childbearing, assuming they continue to live in faith, love, holiness, and modesty. And I I think that's saying that women model Eve's legacy as the mother of many generations. Hmm. Um, that's it's it's it's. It is a deep issue because mm. we see that there is context needed to be doing this because yeah. Paul is not a misogynist. He's mm. he's not uh, against women. That would be very uncharacteristic of him mm. compared to the rest of the scripture. But we do see that he is addressing other issues within the church regarding women, such as um, in verse 9. He says, I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by mm. the way they fix their hair or wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. Mm. We know that's a context issue because he's talking to one individual. Mm. He's talking to Timothy. He's not writing to a church this time. Yeah. This is not like Galatians or Corinthians where he's talking to a church. He's talking to an individual. So for Paul to bring this up saying, I want women to be modest, it is safe to assume, I would even argue it's implied, that women that are in church in Timothy's church are not dressing modest. Hmm. That they are causing a ruckus. And that right. and, and even for him to say women should be quiet in church, I would also say it's implied that the women in his church were being disruptive. Hmm. Yeah. And so because that that's a safe assumption because Timothy's a godly man, Paul's a godly man. That Paul would not say something out of pocket like this. Hmm. 
And so he's giving this this guide of like this is how women should be within the church. Hmm. And I I do think it is biblical for women to have kids. Otherwise, God would not give them a uterus. Hmm. Yeah, there we go. And I, I'm not saying God commands us to have children because obviously there's people out there who do not want have who don't want children. Um, but I think that in in and of itself is a blessing to I, I don't have kids, um, so I can't speak much of this area. But mm. biblically speaking and seeing the spiritual impacts of, of both of this is that there is a significant blessing in both childbearing and reproducing spiritually as we make disciples and extend our legacy. Our legacy, if we keep our legacy according to material possessions in this world, it'll it'll die. Mm. But if we reproduce and make disciples, it'll never die. Right. Of course. I think uh, to your point, I I, th I think you said this, but I know you made the illustration between Eve, like in being the mother and being saved through childbearing. I like that's the direct context of the verse, right? It's talking about uh, creation and Eve, and then boom, talks about this childbearing thing. Right. Um, I think the the main point that you made that I really like um, that I've seen a lot of people make on this issue is that we infer and assume the salvation there, the sozo word, infers like salvation from sin, right? But we can be mm. saved in scripture from a lot of things, right? And so it's just inferring right. what is the thing that women are being saved from that's in relation to the garden. That's like the thing you got to put together. Mm -hmm. And if you really, like, I would agree, yeah. If you really look at it from a lens of like really, really dissecting this verse and trying to ask like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? And when I get in this train of thought, I, I feel like jordan peterson because he's always like well it's not that simple you see you gotta you know <laughs> if you want if you want to say that women are saved through childbearing just if they give birth and go to heaven well good luck good luck <laughs> but something to think about this like well women are saved through childbearing what does that mean okay well one yes eve was was redeemed in the fact that she gave birth to all of humanity but also Mary giving birth to, to Jesus and Jesus offering salvation for all, right? Where that, mm. that woman was saved through childbearing in the sense that she gave birth to the Savior and mm. put her faith in that Savior, what, right? But also you think about like... Which is her biggest claim to fame. Yeah. Right, right. And you think about like... And then, yeah, there, but it's also like... <clears throat> there's so many things that you could think about with this, right? Where mother... I'm not getting that, mm. that aspect, but what is childbearing, right? Childbearing is toil. Childbearing is hardship. It, it's struggle. It's mm. enduring something that is a blessing, but it's a hard thing, and you and you have to go through hardship to receive the mm. blessing, mm. right? So part of the curse of the garden. Yeah, and so maybe yeah. more of a typological, broad picture of or understanding of this that can be applied to everyone is like it's, women are saved through like the hardship that receives a blessing, and and then you could apply it generally to humans. Humans are saved through perseverance under hardship and not idea of works, but like after you endure the hardship and persevere in this life, still holding on to Christ, mm -hmm. you receive the blessing of salvation. Well, you know, you go to heaven, you are, you rest and, and, you know, and you forget all the, the Bible says that like when a woman gives birth, she's in a lot of pain, but when her child is born, she fully conceives, she mm -hmm. forgets her pain. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah. I think that's a picture. The joy is so, is so right. Right. Overwhelming. Right. And so maybe it's, and I don't know, maybe Paul says, it's, hey, women in this particular aspect, and maybe he's thinking this deep philosophical approach because the case where the women were being disruptive, the, the women were like gossiping. So he's probably saying like, hey, girls, like stop gossiping, stop, 
thing. Stop spreading heresy. Stop doing all the stuff that's damaging the church. And maybe that was really hard for them. Mm. And so there's a hardship that they had to endure of learning how to be self-controlled in yeah. their thinking. But that produced the joy of doc of accurate doctrine. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. But I think there's a beautiful picture to be seen there of like in humans will be saved when they continue with Jesus in their struggle with sin until they enter the kingdom fully uh, when they pass on to the next life. And it's like, you know, this picture, this life is a picture of Exodus and Exodus is hardship. Right. Mm. And the promised land is heaven. Maybe it's the case that this life is a picture of uh, the nine months of pregnancy that start off not so bad, but towards the very end, right before you are about to give birth, it's like the hardest and it's the most painful. Mm. And then you, and turn to the kingdom and your joy is complete, right? I don't know. That's just, as we were talking, I was like, wow, if this is true, this would be a really beautiful Interesting picture. typological connection, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Will you excuse me one second? I need to get some tissues. Yeah, go no. for it. I'll just the next verse, if you can still hear. <laughs> I love messing with people. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that, like, typolo- typological approach, it could be really powerful in the sense yeah. of, like... Even, like, the birthing pains thing that you said at the end, right? Mm-hmm. That it's, it's hard towards the end. Like, you can see that imagery also referenced in the apocalyptic literature when you're reading about the end times, right? It's like mm-hmm. the birthing pains of what's about to come. So it could be a connection, typologically. Mm-hmm. could not be. But no matter what, it's an interesting connection. Yeah. Right. And then it's it's then the question, obviously, you got to... You, you, it's obvious that this is not the way I'm interpreting. It's not a literal interpretation. Right. Um, so okay. you can... It's more maybe typolo- typological, allegorical in a sense where... Mm-hmm. You just take, I'm taking something from scripture and applying it in some broader context. But I think we see that in scripture. It happens all the time. You know? Yeah. yeah. It happens all the time. Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to intro the next verse. Yeah. So we can, we can start to get into it. Um, so the next one is going to be interesting. Probably a little faster than the last one. But uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 29. And it's talking about baptism of the dead. Right? And like prayers for the dead and stuff like that. And this one gets really interesting. I can't wait to talk about it. So, yeah. John, what do you think? Um... What do you want to read the verse? Oh uh, yeah, I just have to. Go. I can read it. Okay, I, I can you pull got, it up. You got it. Yeah, perfect. Yep. And then yep, we yep, also yep. talk about the context as every other verse we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. So here's uh, the little bit of the context is Paul is talking about the resurrection of the dead. Hmm. Um, he starts this in verse twelve, but it's a it's a long passage. Um, so I won't read. Um, I'll, I'll only read the verse. Hmm. But verse twenty nine says, "If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead?" Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? Mm. And my my first thought into looking into this, when you look at other, excuse me, translations, it doesn't sound like Paul is associating with them. Mm. Exactly. Because he's saying, why are there people being baptized? Mm. And normally with Paul, he uses a lot of we language. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if Paul did agree that this is biblically founded, he would say, if there was no resurrection, then why do we baptize people mm. in the dead? Mm. And so we can already tell, like, Paul's not, I, I would argue that he's not associating with them. But what what this whole passage is talking about is the resurrection of the dead that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus right. resurrected first, and then we will follow suit. And so he's he's kind of bringing up, from, from my understanding, he's bringing up this practice for the baptism of the dead. And he's saying, he's, he's not saying that the practice of baptism sorry he's not saying that the practice of baptism for the dead actually exists or is valid but rather if it was such a practice it would be meaningless if there was no resurrection hmm. Hmm. and that's kind of, I, I think that's the point he's trying to make is like these people are baptizing people from the dead um i may not agree with it but that that is like further 
pushing the the argument that because he's he's addressing people who don't believe in the resurrection from the dead right. mm. and he's saying like there has to be a resurrection from the dead and so mm -hmm. that's that's the passage of, of the overall uh the, sorry the context of the overall passage because mm. he's talking about resurrection from the dead and he's saying that you know i don't think this is actually valid or exists but mm. if it was such a practice then it would be meaningless if we didn't actually actually right. resurrect with jesus right and i like the observation it's a very it's a very like needed observation of the mm. usage of the one word and that's why it's so important when we read scripture that we really slow down in our reading and understand what is being said because someone could read that and be like i guess we're supposed to baptize for the dead and people have done that right and mm. there's been whole practices right. people that still do that. do that yeah um but seeing that verse well they versus we mm. you know that is a, a very big difference there mm. absolutely yeah and that's that's even a um even looking back with the context of the book of the testament of mm. the bible that would break the consistency mm -hmm. because um you never see john the baptist jesus peter the apostle tell other people to baptize other people um sorry baptize yourself on behalf of other people you never see them they say mm -hmm. each of you be baptized for the remission of your sins mm -hmm. it's a personal decision so for them to for us to go out of pocket and be like oh well we baptize people who are already dead is one going back to like hebrews the book of hebrews they made their choice mm -hmm. they either received jesus or rejected jesus they just Two, disappear from hell i think that's in some doctors God, and, and two um jesus john the baptist never said to to do that and uh thirdly oh, i had a point give me a second yeah yeah. oh yes thirdly baptism doesn't get you saved hmm. mm -hmm. like that's that's never i mean we we look at the man who who was on the cross and i know there's many people who disagree with me with this yeah yeah we look at the man who was on the cross he was not baptized and jesus said you will be with me in paradise mm -hmm. i think that is such a powerful story powerful passage in the bible because jesus is saying yes it is that easy hmm. yeah you could be a christian for five minutes that's all it takes for the blood of jesus to clean you of your sin hmm. yeah and now baptism it, is... it would be oh god it, it's it's here's an analogy that i use to help display it's like if i'm walking down the street and somebody gets hit by a car and they have seconds to live they're bleeding out and they say i don't want to go to hell will you will you I, I want to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to, with that man with seconds of leave, living mm -hmm. left, am I supposed to go find a bathtub mm -hmm. get a or, or a pond and go drag the body and go baptize him, him with those seconds to live? Or do I just share him the gospel? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And and if even if that's a rare case, that still demonstrates the simplicity of the gospel. So I don't think like, even if, I would say even if, I don't think it is, but even if, baptism for the dead was a biblical concept mm. it would not make somebody saved mm. interesting yeah and like baptism is a command by jesus right, right. so it's like you have if you're a christian mm. you have to get baptized right. that's like that's like saying like if you're a christian you can't it is commanded yeah mm. like it's a non-negotiable yeah you know it's like you're a christian uh, jesus commands you to get baptized he mm. says if you love me obey my commands yeah you know there's a direct uh connection to circumcision in the old testament yeah to uh baptism now it's like if you're following christ like and yes. you're a jew like you have to be circumcised right but it's like 
if you're a Christian now, you have to be baptized, but it doesn't mean you can't get into heaven if you're not. For some right, reason. and it's identification right. with Right, same thing death. with making disciples. It's yeah. like, Jesus also tells us to make disciples, but you don't go to hell for not making disciples. Right, right. One time I heard, so I was talking to someone about this, uh, the baptism thing, and someone's like, and I was like, what about the, uh, the, the, the thief on the cross? Like, he didn't get mm-hmm. baptized. And they're like, well, that's because Jesus directly forgave him of his sins right there. And I was like, is Jesus not directly forgiving everyone else's sins right now? <laughs> How is he indirectly I was forgiving my the sins? Same thing. Like, that's a problem for both of us now. <laughs> yeah. Who's forgiving our sins? Yeah. <laughs> or is, yeah. But also it's a it's a philosophical problem where there's like, you know, people who live in the Himalayas and the mountains all their life and they don't have access to the I mean they're probably streams and fresh water, they dig wells and stuff, but it's not the easiest thing. Or like people in the Christians in the desert, you know, or all the all the, these places where it's not easy to find a place mm. to baptize. Mm. You're just gonna say, right? Like, they go to hell. Yeah, maybe they. Get... And that would go straight back into legalism. But I yeah. do hell. Is like, no oh, baptism, baptized gets you I saved? Then, then I could like philosophically argue if baptism gets you saved, then be like, okay, so salvation is on us. Mm. Then it's just a matter of baptize everybody. You don't need to repent and change their right. life then and surrender. Saved. Yeah, you just everyone in Waikiki who swims and when they're in tourism yeah. saved. That'd we awesome. wouldn't preach the gospel. We would just have a big giant pool at every stadium event and just get everybody in the water. Yeah. I would tackle people into the water. But dude, I just saved you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Down on the water. Can you imagine? Just be like, no! Just like tackle somebody into the water. Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to heaven now. You're like, dang it. That'd be oh a God. great sketch. Got me. That'd be a great sketch. Yeah. Dude, fly to Hawaii. Oh, we'll make it happen. For a TikTok idea. You should. We'll, if should. baptism actually saves, gets you saved, and they'll just tackle somebody into like the bathtub. Or... Yeah. Come out to Hawaii. We'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There we go. My my missionary crew might be going to Kona for the Sugar Riders. Oh, game. cool. Oh, right on, dude. There you go. The YWAM, the YWAM base. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a couple friends over there. Just jump over. It's like a hundred dollar flight, or less. Uh, on Frontier, right? Yeah. Uh, not Frontier. Frontier sucks, actually. But Hawaii. <laughs> Definitely frontier, no no baggage fees. Yeah. Or no no baggage, no baggage. They didn't give me any baggage. I paid like my wife and I paid like four hundred dollars round trip for our baggage. I was so upset. That's crazy. All right. So the next verse might be a little faster than the last one too. We'll see. Um, and it's Hebrews thirteen two, and it says uh, it's like it's about um, do angels walk among us? Right? Mm-hmm. Can you mistake someone um, as a normal person that might actually be an angel? Stuff like that. What do you think, my man? Yes. Nice. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all right. my notes. That's all my notes. We're like, yes. yep. So I've had I've had my mentor who is like this crazy missionary. I have a few mentors, but this one in particular was was telling me the story of how um, he was in Germany. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to recall all the, de- uh, the I can't say all the details, but he was in Germany and he had like I think his phone was dead and he had no maps or no passes or anything. Hmm. And this guy walks up to him and he says, "Take this next next bus stop." And he gets on the bus. No. Um, the guy pays for his ticket, and then he gets on the bus and he looks out to thank the guy, and the guy's gone. Wow! Just disappears. Wow! Wow! I know. I've I've had I I I I may have talked to an angel. Wow! Um, I haven't posted this on socials yet. I've been trying to do this for the past just year. Just happened. <laughs> um. So I had somebody text me, and they said, "Uh, Jonah, I need to know about your Jesus." Wow! And I said, "Who is this?" And uh, they didn't reply. And it was a number I didn't have. Hmm. About two months later, another phone number says something very similar. Jonah, I need to know Jesus. And I said, who is this? And they said, my name is Emily, Emily Jones. And I'm like, 
I don't know an Emily Jones. She sends me a picture. I've never met her. Hmm. Like, don't recognize her or anything. Um, and I'm trying to figure out like how we met. And she's hmm. like, I just have your your I have you in my contacts. You're uh, Jonah, the guy with curly hair. That's what you are in my contacts. And I was like, okay, I've never met you. And I even like I took this girl's photo and like researched the web yeah. to try to find her Instagram account. Yeah. And I found her Instagram account. Hmm. Um, but she was going by a different name. Hmm. And so I followed her. I don't think I told her I was following her because that um yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I told her. So I'm just following her on Instagram and I mean I'm trying to have a conversation with her. But she's telling me the story of how she just got a restraining order against her ex fiance because he was being abusive towards her. Hmm. And her life was just a mess. She was broken. She was suicidal. Hmm. Um, and she would be like so, in, like not not insecure, but she would be consistently hanging up. Like because I called her and she'd just be in tears and she would just repeatedly hang up. Hmm. And I would call her back and she we would continue the conversation because she would just be like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't mean to burden you or anything." I was like, "No, you're fine." She would just hang up and then I would call her back and she goes, "I'm sorry, I just this is really hard for me to talk about." Hmm. Um, I told her the gospel. I led her to Jesus. The next day. Um, I'm trying to convince her not to kill herself. Hmm. And I'm, I'm saying like, no, Jesus has a plan for you. And at this point she was high on drugs. Hmm. Um, because she just wanted to get rid of the pain. Hmm. And so she was kind of out of there. And I, I remember like hanging up that night and be like, Lord, please don't let her take her life. Wow. And the next morning. So this is like a three day event. The third day, the next morning she, I text her and say, Hey, how are you? She goes, I'm doing really, really well, actually. Hmm. And I start talking to her and she goes, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't have depression anymore. Hmm. What? And she goes, yeah, I mean like, and, and she like would subliminally quote scripture. Hmm. Um, like in the conversation, she'd be like, yeah, I don't think I'm just going to beat this. I don't think I'm, or, uh, you know, if, with my struggle with depression, I don't think I'm just going to beat it. I think I'm going to do more than that. Hmm. I think I'm do more than than overcome it. I'm like, you're quoting Romans eight right now, hmm. and she would just keep doing that. And I was like, Emily, what happened last night? And she said, I prayed to God and I said, God, can you let me see me the way you see me? Hmm. And and so it's like this total radical encounter. It was like every stronghold just broke off. And I was like, this is amazing. I still don't know who she is. Yeah. The next day, she gets married on her Instagram. And I'm like, wait a minute. You got a restraining order against your ex-fiance. What the heck? And I go on her Instagram. And um, she got married in like Mexico. I think she was in Michigan or something like that. And so there was only two possible possibilities. It was that within the span of maybe a 12-hour time span, they had a spontaneous wedding in a different country, they sorry, they got rid of the restraining order, they got back together, they got married, and they got the wedding planned in Mexico, and they invited all the close family friends to witness the wedding, or I was never talking to the girl that was that gave me that picture. Wow. And then I texted her back and I said, "Did you just get married?" Hmm. And the text I re I received was, "This phone number is no longer in service." Wow. Thing. That was that was May of last year. Wow. I have not heard from her since. Did you DM her on Instagram? Like, did you have a message going on Instagram back and forth about everything, or is this all over text? No, this was through text message. Wow. She just had my phone number, but then it hit me. I'm like, 
the the pictures she sent she had multiple pictures of herself hmm. but they were not the girl that I was following on Instagram well wow. like she took she it's either if if, if if this was not an angel she took somebody else's photos and tried to be somebody else huh interesting hmm but even even I'm not I'm not saying this is an angel yeah but most of the time when you have a radical encounter with God like that you create a very strong bond with the person who brought you to that so mm, the fact that true. i haven't heard from her for 10 months is pretty rare yeah right if not not like yeah i'm not gonna say impossible yeah well do but, you think it was then if it was an angel do you think as the lord just kind of see like giving you a like a almost like a practice of preaching the gospel like a go-around maybe i mm. i know that my mentor has prophesied that i have an anointing over the suicidal mm -hmm. um mm. He told me that in May of 2021. Wow. And so almost a year later, as like a test run, or this is an angel or, or whatever. I mean, like it was almost like too theologically perfect. Hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Where it was like way too easy. It was like God did all the work and she's like subliminally quoting scripture. I'm like, yeah. this does not happen. Yeah. Um, And then the next day she disappeared. Crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. And so uh, I'm not saying it's an angel. I'm saying it's very likely. <laughs> um, I had so I was telling the story to somebody. They're like, "That sounds like you're talking to an angel." I think I think I still have the text messages because it Whoa. was just like the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, that's crazy. I yeah. think. Do you remember the story of a guy on our, our campus? I was who, just gonna say that. Yeah, you should tell it. Yeah, there was a guy like he's been so he's been a, a ministry worker overseas for like many years. Like yeah, twenty. He's got a whole twenty years more. He's got a family now, but yeah, he still was over there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a house that, um brings girls in from like the sex trafficking industry and mm. they give them a job and disciple them and kind of give them a wow. proper education yeah. and like they've seen tons That's of amazing. like and they've been doing it for and he's been doing that for yeah, decades decades yeah and like the, mm. so many lives changed and stuff like that um does but, he have a ministry yeah yeah it's called mm. the nehemiah houses in the philippines nehemiah house i'm gonna look them up i love that anyway yeah. continue um anyways when he was like i don't know he's in his school his first like ministry school here in, in our campus and he was like really asking God, like, God, what do you want from me? Like, am I, mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Am I and like, he's just asking God to provide like some direction of what he's supposed to do. And this guy walks into what we call the tin. It's a auditorium in a sense of like- Was he at the paint tables? No, he was a tin. Oh. Um, he, he was praying in what, like an auditorium basically where we have our worship services. And there's another, a couple people in there as well doing their own Bible study. And mm -hmm. so this random person walks in, gives him a leaf and then- walks away like a physical leaf like an actual leaf yeah <clears throat> and then on the leaf is either written a bible verse that confirms where he's supposed to go or it says the philippines yeah uh one or the other i don't remember <clears throat> and it says something and the guy said something to him and walked out and he was like asking god for direction this random dude walks in sorry hold on <clears throat> had to clear my throat um the random guy walks in gives him a leaf with some instructions and leaves and he's like looking he's like looking around he's like what the heck so he asked these guys who are like probably 25 feet away from him he's like hey who just came in here and they're like dude no one came in here he's like no no he's like i talked to a guy a guy just walked in and gave me a leaf and walked out like and this leaf says this thing on it and they're like no man he's like no one's been in here and it's like a small room like you would know like these guys yeah, the would know mm -hmm. yeah and it was like yeah no one no one's here and to this day, he's like, wow. I guess it was an angel. But from that moment, he knew he's supposed to go to the Philippines and, and do this ministry. And he's yeah. seen like probably hundreds of lives changed. Oh, yeah. Way more than that, for sure. Over over two decades. Pretty cool. Dang. So they answered the, the passage. Yes. 
Yeah, right. I I would say so. I think I think that is a. If God wanted to test our hearts, that's a brilliant way to test yeah. our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just be like, um, Lord, I want to be more loving to people. Okay, He'll send you people who who require you to be more loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like Lord, I, it's like. Um, what Nick Vujicic says, he's like, if you want patience, then be ready to be put in positions where you have to wait. Yeah. Yeah, man. I and was... so if God wants you to, to grow as, as, um, so like, let's, let's say, for example, for me, if I have the anointing to minister to the suicidal, mm. he's going to send me somebody who's suicidal. It, he could use another human who mm. is just legit suicidal, but he could also test me by sending an angel who could be demonstrating suicidal thoughts or, or brokenness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that could work the- like theologically, mm-hmm. um, but it happened. Well, it's interesting <laughs> so, too because it could be something that whenever you encounter the next person who could be a bit like suicidal or whatnot, you can remember like, okay, what did what brought freedom to that last interaction I had? And it was, hey, God, will you to show me how you see me? And maybe that yeah. tool, like, hey, will you show me, will you um show me how you see me maybe that prayer is going to set a lot of people free you know maybe like that is something to yeah. hold on to where it's like hey this happened before someone hmm. found freedom in this aspect like maybe that can you can find freedom there too yeah cool well let's hit our last verse and again is someone here yeah, i think so okay. uh, and again i don't think these are in any order necessarily um you can take them however you want you might think some are harder than others but our last verse today, might be one of the hardest yeah, it's a fun one, though. Uh, we might have some disagreements on this one because I think there's so much interesting stuff on both sides of the argument uh, for what this means. But it's John 20, 23, and it's about if we can forgive sins, right? Um, do you have that pulled up? Would you want to read it, Jonah? Yep, I can pull it up. Boom. I remember I was meeting with someone who um, I was asked. They're like a family friend, and I was asking if they wanted to support me full time, and they were like, like uh, monthly and stuff like that, and they're we're having a great meeting, and they're like, yeah, well, like one thing that's crazy about the Bible, I was like, I just read this, like it looks like we can forgive sins, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? And I just remember like the first time I actually like looked at this verse and tried to deal with it, it was like over coffee with a family Sport. friend, and I was like, man, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, let me read the passage. Yeah. Um. So this is John 20. I'm starting in verse 19. Cool. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Hmm. so um the best way to interpret scripture i say this over and over again but repetition teaches the best Hmm. you have to read the scripture within the chapter within the passage and then read the passage within the chapter and Hmm. then read the chapter within the book and then read the book within the testament and then read the testament within the bible Hmm. so if jesus gave us the permission to forgive sins that would break consistency with the rest of the bible Hmm. With the rest of the book. So I'm not saying that Jesus is wrong, that the scripture is wrong. I'm saying that there's when when there's something that that drastic, that out of pocket, we have to look deeper into it. Hmm. And so what Jesus has said repeatedly is he says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. 
Hmm. I only like he and I are connected. I'm his vessel in in this picture. And even Jesus says in verse twenty two, uh, verse twenty one, he says, "As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you." Hmm. Um, it wouldn't make sense for God to give us the all-out unlimited authority to forgive sins because one the sins are not transgressing against us hmm. they're transgressing against god and so that that wouldn't make sense for god to say hey you can forgive sins on account of me hmm. Hmm. because god has to want be the one that that kind of like what you what you said of, of the um does that mean that jesus does not directly forgive our sins hmm. that sounds like heresy hmm. um you also have the mark two verse right Sorry to interrupt. For what? The Mark 2? Yeah, you also have the Mark 2 verse where it says that only God can forgive sins, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And then Jesus resurrects, uh, not resurrects, heals the lame man. That's mm -hmm. a perfect example of Jesus saying, I have the ability to forgive sins. Um, to make this analogy, if if somebody, um, let, let's say I have a kid and then somebody um, punches my kid in the face. Mm -hmm. And I go up to the kid and say, hey, uh, I forgive you. Hmm. you. You, if you're watching that instance, you're like, "Well, that's great," but the kid you punched has to forgive you. That's the one that that means the most. Mm -hmm. That's the one that you really need to go and ask for forgiveness for. Yeah. So, for people to commit treason against God's kingdom and then us to say, "Hey, I forgive you," hmm. it'd be like, "Okay, but th that's great, but God has to forgive you." Hmm. And so from what I'm seeing in this in this scripture, and you can look in the original Greek, and I believe the Greek will actually back up what I'm saying, is that if Jesus is saying, I do nothing except what the Father wills tells me to do, and just as I am sending me, so now I just as the Father sent me, now I sent you, and then he says the scripture directly after it, it sounds like he's more saying, preach the message of forgiveness. Like the gospel. Of yeah. how God has forgiven them. Mm -hmm. And if God does not forgive you, then they are not forgiven. Because mm -hmm. we're in connection with the Father here. And with any of these scriptures, I am openly fine. I'm openly fine. I'm fine with being wrong. And I'll say that openly mm, is like, mm. there are some times where it's like, I don't know this yeah. one. I'm not 100% ready to die on this hill yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, this is what I'm seeing in scripture. And what a great way that I, I read the Bible is to say, Lord, I'm going to believe this mm. until you tell me otherwise. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is where I'm at right now. This is a very difficult verse to understand because it sounds a lot like, you're saying I can forgive sins. Yeah, a lot. But that would break the rest of the consistency within the Bible. Yeah. Unless you're a Catholic. And so, Lord, yeah. this is my stance. <laughs> and if you have a problem with my theology, please change it because I want to know right. what you want. Mm, yeah. Right. And it, like you're saying, right, it could be the, the you, whoever sins you remit, they remit, whoever you, what's the verse say? Like, exactly. I don't have my Bible in front of me. But basically, yeah, we have the ability to do this. <laughs> you could, that, that could be in the sense of like, hey, you have the understanding of how to be forgiven. Right. And so... Gospel you can lead people to understand how to be forgiven mm. and also like you could choose to not tell them and therefore they still stay mm. unforgiven which yeah. would be wrong right <laughs> you no know, you don't want to know it'd be wrong but we would have that authority yeah yeah right. like you have the availability to lead them to forgiveness and so therefore lead them to forgiveness yeah i think that uh well first for a little bit of context like ethan said like this is a classic like protestant versus catholic like debate verse yep right mm. um to push back a little bit because i i'm like you Joan. i don't know if i know exactly what this means and i really like arguments for both sides like it makes sense that it's the gospel but then there's a little bit of like strange applicability that ethan said of like can you not show the gospel to someone and then that's you not forgiving their sins it doesn't really make sense 
grammatically with how the sentence goes a little bit. Um, on the Catholic side of it, just to give some defense for them, um, there's clear connection through all of like a lot of different letters and the Gospels of beginning with Christ's words where he says that just as the Father and I are one, I need you and myself to be one, right? Also the Father. So there's a connection between us and him. There's also the connection in the, the very verse where he says like, as I went first, now I'm sending you. Other connections are like, uh, he who hears you hears me. Him who rejects your words rejects my words. And mm. so there's all of this kind of imagery Christ is using of like every power that I have, everything that I have done, you are now the replacement for me. Now go in my place and do these things. Um, yep. And so like the same the as, as I went, I now send you right at the beginning of that verse. Also the Christ saying we have the same authority. And so if we have the same authority, we can do even greater things than he will. So there's all of those points and all of that, like kind of connection, like we are supposed to be Christ on the earth in a really like real sense as like, we're almost one with him. So the Catholic argument would be like, if there's all this imagery of us doing all of these things, being Christ on the earth, then it would make sense if Christ has the power to forgive sins, that he's also like through his power, given us power to do that. I think similarly to like healing, like I'm, I'm not necessarily the one that has the power of healing, but Christ has given me the power to heal through me. And so just like I'm not forgiving someone's sins, Christ is doing that, but he's given me the ability to do it. It seems like it's what it's saying a little bit. I don't know how that would work, right? Like that seems to be an easier right. reading of scripture to me, but I can't tell you how that works. You know what I mean? The Catholic church takes it and says, right. okay, well now we have these bishops like come and confess your sins, go to confession. Yeah. We'll forgive you and stuff like that. And I know that it's, that's a, like a straw man version of, of what they believe. Um, but just right. for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for simplicity, um, it's, it's confusing though, right? It's like, right. Then when can I forgive sins? What does that mean? Like there's not a lot of more explanation at the end of that, right? Of like, well, now you have the ability to forgive sins. Like, do I just walk up to everyone I see and go, boom, forgiven, like forgiven, forgiven. Like, exactly. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. It could be when you're talking to someone and they're discussing like, oh man, I really want to be forgiven. Yeah. I really like, I've said, cause I've, I've talked to people like this where I'm like, Hey, do you know about, about like, what do you think about spirituality? And they're immediately like, I'm going to hell. Yeah. I'm like, what? And they're like, I've read the Bible. I'm going to hell. I'm like, you don't have to. I'm like, did you yeah. keep reading my guy? <laughs> you keep reading? And then I just like preach the gospel and I'm like, do you want to be forgiven? And they're like, yeah. And then I pray with them. I'm like, yeah, you're forgiven, man. And so maybe it's that we're the conduits of mm -hmm. forgiveness in a sense where it's like we yep. connect them to the one who forgives, right? That's the via the preaching of the gospel. Connecting the one who forgives. Yeah. But maybe it's also the sense where it says like you have the power to not forgive, quote unquote, mm -hmm. is to maybe give clarity to them or guidance to them on, hey, you can't do this and walk like in forgiveness. Yeah. Like this is like, it's like more of like a guiding, like yeah. here's the parameters. Like you let them know when they're forgiven. Yeah. Right? Like I was talking to someone just yesterday. Correct. I was talking to this high schooler and I was preaching the gospel to them. It was really fun, Connor. Uh, you know when you like go out to share and you just hit dingers all day long and like yeah. every time you talk to someone, it's a good conversation. It's a super rare instance. Maybe they don't get saved, but they're conversating, they're understanding, yeah. you get to preach the gospel. Yeah. It was like that yesterday. It was great. We were talking to these three high schoolers and I was like explaining the gospel to them and, and I was like, well, what do you think? And he's like, well, it's up to my parents. And I was like, well, no, it's not, man. I was like, you're not going to stand. I was like, your parents aren't going to stand in front of God before for you. Mm. You know, man, you're going to stand there accountable to for yourself. And I was like, what do you think? And he's like, well, can I, can I, sh I shared a bit of my testimony, how I used to smoke weed and stuff like that. And he's like, well, can I still be a stoner and follow Jesus? And I was like, well, no, I was like, you can't, but hold on. Sorry about that. But it's like, I was like, you can't really like be a stoner and follow Jesus, but you're asking the wrong question. You're, what you're asking is, is Jesus worth it? You know, I was like, that's what you're asking. You're, you're wondering, is Jesus worth me giving up weed? And I was like, I'll tell you, yeah, man, it mm. is. Like, I, I, and uh, 
I told them first hand experience and shared the gospel. But that would be one of those things where it's like, hey, you can't be forgiven or you can be forgiven, but this is what it requires. Hmm. And if you're still going to want to hold on to this, then you haven't really received forgiveness. Right. And that would be maybe an example of like guiding yep. the, yeah. the way of the understanding of, to it. Hmm. Yeah. Either way. A great, a great way to like a great analogy to use is like, I don't think that the scripture means exactly what it means. Because if you think about it like this. Imagine if we had the unlimited authority to forgive sins mm. and we knew a serial killer and we'd mm. be like, um, every time he killed somebody, he'd be like, hey, your sins are forgiven. And then mm. he would go kill somebody else. Your sins mm. are forgiven. And then he kills somebody else. Your sins are forgiven. Mm. That's that's not justice. And that would be breaking the character of God. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think going going back to what you said earlier, it's like I think we are the conduits in the same way that Jonah in the Bible was. Mm. Jonah understood that God wanted to preach the message to Nineveh. And through that message of forgiveness, they would repent and be forgiven. Mm. And Jonah mm. wrongly tried to withhold that. Right. And so he had Jonah, a whole Jonah, Jonah. hissy fit. Like I'm I'm embarrassed that I'm named after him. Uh, he had a whole hissy fit going to Nineveh, and he basically said, you are all going to die in three days. That was his message. And these mm. people are like, oh my gosh, we're going to die in three days. Man, we got to get right with God. Yeah. And Jonah, I can imagine Jonah would be like, what? No, that's not what I said. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I said you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so – um i think i think that jonah is the perfect model of that and mm. not not the perfect because he kind of sucked as a human being but he mm. he demonstrated that that conduit of us delivering the message of forgiveness and then in a way through that message of forgiveness they are introduced to real forgiveness mm. and and that um I, I also think that forgiveness is not immediately received it's offered mm. um because if everybody uh if forgiveness was already done, then everybody would be saved. Hmm. But hmm. instead, God says, hey, I am offering my forgiveness towards you. Hmm. And you have until the end of your life to receive hmm. that forgiveness. And if you refuse to receive that forgiveness, then you have to pay the penalty for your own sins. And so the idea of we've often associated forgiveness with being pardoned, hmm. which is not the case in the Bible at all. Um, and that's where a lot of people struggle with like, well, what if a serious killer goes to heaven? It's like, well, no, that's not how that works. Mm. You're not pardoned from your sin. Nobody is pardoned from their sin. The difference is it's either you pay for your sin or Jesus does. Right. That's good. And you have to make that decision to let Jesus save you or you go to the, to the throne room and say, God, I will pay the penalty on my own. Mm. And, um, so I don't, I don't think that we have the unlimited authority to forgive sins. Cause then it'd be mm. like, so can I just go to a serial killer and just say, every single time he kills somebody that your sins are forgiven because I have that ultimate yeah. authority. I think that would be injustice. That mm -hmm. would be more of a pardoning of sin instead of atoning for the sin of Jesus Christ. Mm. Especially yeah. if somebody who doesn't like, if they don't want to be saved, that, that would be wrong of mm. me just saying, Hey, your sins are forgiven with, with that would be abuse of my authority and be an act of injustice. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would lead the whole kingdom of God to chaos. So I don't, I don't mm. think that's, that's what it is. So yeah. I think either either way, the there's contextualization that needs to go into how this would work, and all we can really do is hypothesize about that. 
right? Because there seems to be problems either way. Like with, if it's just the gospel one, it seems to not really fit with like the, the wording used, but if it's like, you can forgive anybody at any time, it's like, how does that work in the kingdom of God? Like you could forgive people and that doesn't like line up with a lot of atonement theology. So it seems like there's more nuance to all of it, right? And to me, it seems like the application of it would work with both um, interpretations of scripture. Like if it's just the gospel, it's like you informing somebody, hey, like Christ can forgive your sins. I'm letting you know about it. Like, and if you don't repent, then like your sins are not going to be forgiven. Like you're letting people know like Christ, yep. the power he's given me, it's in me. Like, like you can have your sins forgiven. I can lead you through that. Um, or if you don't want to be like led through that, then I can't lead you through that and you're not going to be forgiven. Right. And it, it's sort of the same application if we have just the power in us and it's not like the gospel necessarily, but it's like actually in us. And we're just still letting people know, Hey, like the power in me, like you can be forgiven right now. I can lead you to Christ. Like through me like you could be forgiven and if you don't want to then i can't forgive your sins like i can't have like christ work through me and forgive your sins no matter what it's christ forgiving their sins but it seems like whether which whatever like perspective you take it's the same outcome of like you're leading a person to it they get to choose and if they don't choose it you let them know you're not forgiven you know what i mean exactly yep yeah mm-hmm. and you gotta read into it a little bit and do some some guessing to get to that point but i think that makes sense as like an application of scripture yeah. yeah, and it's informed by that's a that guess though is informed by the rest of the Bible though yeah. as well. So yeah, like we're talking about in context. Yeah, but yeah, I mean this has been great. We've we've covered a lot of good content. Like mm-hmm. I'm the whole time I'm sitting here like as a from a production mindset. I'm like, wow, we could have like a clip for every day of the week <laughs> from this podcast. Like this is awesome. It's all about clips, you know. Like we every every verse we can cut up and and make something, but. Um, all that being said, though, like we covered so much good content here, and mm. I think the biggest thing that we can take away and like people listening can can know is that when it comes to the scriptures, when it comes to the Bible, you know, you have to, like Joan has been saying, read it in context of its chapter, its book, mm. its testament, its the whole Bible. Yeah, you know, like you can't just take the one-off verse and say, oh, this is the this is the doctor now. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn how to read the entire thing in context. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's no different than cherry picking. Right. Mm, I'm just right. saying, like this one scripture says this, and then make right. a whole doctrine out of it. You're like, well, that's no different than um, using like cherry picking with the people who want to debunk the Bible. Like they do right. the same thing. Same thing. Right. Same thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and people don't. You don't like when people do this to you as a person, right? Like you say one thing and then people judge your whole character based off that one thing you said. And you're like, wait, you yep. get to know me. Like I was joking, you know, mm-hmm. or like I didn't mean it in this context that you're bringing into. Like get to know me a little bit, understand the context of my character and then make your decision from there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, as we come to the end of our show, we always like to ask our guests one question. And we know you've already been on before, but we weren't going to ask everybody this question kind of at the end of the show. Yeah, that'd be um, too much. But like the reason we created this show is because we had a lot of friends walked away from the faith. We didn't have the answers to give them. Um, so we wanted to create a place where people could ask those hard questions, the things the church doesn't often talk about. And so every guest we have on the show, we ask them, what's either the emotional or intellectual or something they've been through experientially? What's the hardest thing you've been through that's challenged your faith the most? And why is the reason you're still following Christ after that? Maybe you're still in the midst of struggling with that question. Like, that's all good. Um, but we like to ask everybody that question. So we can kind of debunk the fear around asking these hard questions for people. Do you have um, an example of that you, in your own life? When you mean faith, do you mean, like, my belief in Christianity? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say this is something also, I'm, still, I'm still growing in. Mm. And 
something I'll boldly say is that I don't think I'm even close to the breakthrough yet hmm. of taking what is what I know theology in theology hmm. and making it connect to my heart. Yeah. I think I think that will destroy you as a son, hmm. as a daughter. Hmm. If this is not checked. Yeah. And I have a lot of mentors that speak into my life mm. that are helping me grow in this area mm. where, uh, excuse me. So for example, we can know that we are children of God. We know that we know the mm. Bible says that, but do you believe that? Right. And you will always know, everybody knows the gospel, but you can tell who actually believes the gospel based on their response when they sin. Hmm. When they sin, what's the first thing they do? Is and I, I even struggle with this as well. It's like when I sin, I'm like, I need to step away from God. Wow. Like I can't come to him right now. I, I feel horrible. Dirty. I feel evil. Yeah. Like I just need to like numb myself out. And this this is something that I struggle with. Um even this week I was struggling with this. Hmm. Where it's like I just need to like I just need to run away. I just need to like get on TikTok. I need to uh, make social media or, or watch YouTube, watch Netflix. I just need to like get this out of my head. And, and I just remember hearing the father say like, do you believe the gospel or not? Hmm. Is like, if we could come boldly into the throne room, mm-hmm. we know we can, but do we think that we're welcome to? Hmm. We can yeah. preach the gospel all we want, but do we believe the gospel? Hmm. Huge difference in that theology Theology opens the door to intimacy with God, but it is not intimacy to God. Mm. Just as you can know everything about your spouse and still not have intimacy. Mm. And so wow. I've I've been trying to sit down and be like, okay, God, I know the Bible very well. Mm. Um, I have a degree in this. I've been teaching the Bible for years. Mm. So I know you, and yet who are you? Mm. Yeah. And it's like, Lord, there there's so many things that there's a disconnect between what I know theology wise and yet I still struggle in believing that you love me. Mm. And I still dr- struggle in believing that I'm your son. Mm. And it sounds stupid. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like, well, you just need to have more faith. Yes, faith can do that. But faith is birthed when the heart and the mind are connected. Mm. When you can know everything up here and not believe any of, any of it here. That's why there's people who know the Bible so well that are jerks. Because hmm. this doesn't tra- transform. This, the renewing of their mind and connecting and believing it with your soul, that's what brings life. Yeah. Um, there's many people with a bachelor's or master's in theology that are now atheists. Yeah. And, and I, I would even say that there are many pastors out there who know the bible very well they've been pastoring for many years and still mm. don't believe that they're a son of god they yep. know they are yep but they don't act like it because they yeah. don't believe it yeah and so i think that's that's my biggest struggle right now and i didn't realize how uh off i was until like september mm. of uh 2022 where um i was at an event uh, uh gen z for jesus mm. in in dallas texas uh in september 2022 and I'm seeing Gen Z just going all out for Jesus and just having that fire for him. Mm. And uh, I was like, Lord, I used to be like that. 
I used to be zealous for you. I used to be on fire for you. And yeah. and it's really easy for people to think that I am because of my social media presence and the videos mm. I make. And so mm. um, this might be a shocker for some people, um, but it's really easy to hide behind a camera. Yeah, super He's human. Um, I would even argue that ministry is the one thing that you can fake and be very yeah. effective in. Yeah. Because um, you can't fake teaching math. Mm. Um, you can fake being a minister. Yeah. You can do it very well. Um, but I was at this event and I was like, Lord, I... I used to be on fire for you. What happened? And I heard as clear as day, you settled for theology. Hmm. And once you got theology, you didn't want to know me anymore. Yeah. You were good. You were fine. You you were the, the veteran of the Christian faith. As long as you look like me, you didn't want to look at me. Hmm. Hmm. And I remember thinking, I was just grieved. I, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? Hmm. It's like, I can I can teach you. Everything on this podcast mm. and, and just share like, okay, this is what I see in scripture. This is what I believe in scripture. But Lord, what good is that theology if I don't know you? Mm. I just know about you. Mm. I don't want to know the Bible. I want to know the author. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, would you connect whatever is in my head theology-wise and would you make my soul believe it? That it's that the gospel is for everyone, but Lord, more than anything, make me believe that the gospel is for me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I can be a son of God. Mm. That I can enter into the throne room whenever I want because you made that permitted. And and more than that, Lord, help me believe that you want to see me there. Mm. Yeah. Help me believe that when I enter into that throne room, that you're smiling at me mm -hmm. and that you're excited to see me there. And you're not some dude in the clouds that is just handing me off all the, all the good things just just to put me to work. Hmm. I want to know you, and I want to have intimacy with you and not just settle hmm. for theology. Theology is a door to intimacy, but it is not God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, there's, and there's – I don't know if I communicated that well because I know I haven't in the past because a lot of people are saying, like, you're condemning, your th you're condemning theology. I'm like, no, I'm not condemning theology. I'm saying <laughs> don't stop at theology. Hmm. Absolutely. We just did a podcast two days ago, like literally on this subject, just like me and Ethan. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's not going to come out for a while. Um, but yeah, It'll come out like two weeks prior to this episode. Yeah, but I think part of the reason, because there's so many people struggle with that. I think both of us have struggled with that before. We know tons of people who have. Um, it's almost like a reflection of our culture a little bit. It's so easy to learn theology. You know what I mean? Tons of Bible teachers Super out there. Easy. Tons of like, and it's fascinating. You know what I mean? It's so interesting. And so when you start watching, you're like, video, 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 video. You learn all these things. And the problem is it takes your mind a second to learn something or seconds, but it takes your heart a long time to really absorb that yep. information. <laughs> and and beyond the amount of time difference it takes for your heart and your mind to learn something, it's a difference in like being intentional. Like you're being intentional and in filling your mind with something, right? And you might start to believe something intellectually, but you have to be intentional this the exact same way with your heart. Like you got to start shoving that information down to your heart. And that takes a long time. You know what I mean? That takes like repeated meditation on the word of God and starting to believe it for yourself and asking the Lord, Lord, how do I live this thing out? Like if you're trying to learn how to be humble, you're like, you read the Bible. You're like, I should be humble. I know it's intellectually. The process of becoming humble is not a second like it was for your brain. It's a long time. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, you can't focus on being humble while you're focusing on like being righteous and being wise and all like tons of these other things like your brain can do. Like you got to sit and meditate and really work on like one thing at a time and work through it. And it's hard to right. do because we love to just like scroll TikTok video. Nice, nice, 
Nightingale's revelation. I'm so holy. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, I know so much. I'm so holy. But like, your heart hasn't absorbed any of it. Mm-hmm. And even right. like we said on the podcast, even the demons know. You know what I mean? They know all these things. Yeah, demons have. Satan probably has a greater theology than most Christians. Yeah, but yeah. like his heart's Satan not transformed. Satan quoted scripture yeah. when tempting Jesus. Satan knows the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, and right? I think that's a, what. Go ahead. I was say like when it comes to like how do you connect the mind to the heart? It's I. I the only thing I can think of is prayer. Mm-hmm. It's like. It's mm. prayer, meditation, reflection. It's introspection of like, mm. and you got to be like pretty bold in your introspection yeah. to really put everything in your mind out there. Like, who am I and where am I sucking in like holiness mm. and not in a condemning manner, but be like, God, where am I failing to represent you? And I know there with the perspective, like, I know there's grace. Yeah. I know there's forgiveness. I'm not worried about being condemned, mm. but I need to take an honest look and be like, okay, God, am I lacking in patience? And then being like, okay, that's where in prayer I need to pay, I need to, <clears throat> I need to focus. Mm. I'm like, God, give me patience. God, I, I see these areas where I'm not patient. And then, like you said, He'll give you opportunities to practice. Mm. You know, but then it's like, yeah, it's gotta be rooted in like this, this prayer, and you gotta be like broken over your sin because the Bible says a broken and contrite heart He won't despise. Mm. You know, the God resists that's the, the proud. only sacrifice He receives. <laughs> right, and He He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So you got to be like humble and broken over your sin and be like, God, transform me from the inside out. Make me new. You get, you promise to give me a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone. Mm. And God, you're, you're, I'm in process. Mm. And like not lose, not being like insecure about like, oh my gosh, am I saved? Am I not saved? I suck. I've got, I'm so sorry. It's like, don't be in that, that mindset of like condemnation, but be like, God, I believe the gospel mm. and I know it's powerful. I know you can change me. I know you can help my mind connect to my heart. And, but and then from that place praying though because the bible also says if you right. pray with doubting why do you think you're going to be given what you ask you're like right. a wave tossed by the sea and so if you want if you're looking for wisdom if you're looking for knowledge if you're looking for like anything it's like gotta be from a humble confidence in prayer yeah right and even if you don't feel like you said like do i believe i can boldly approach the throne and it's like yeah even if you don't feel it it's like you still have sometimes you don't you might not feel like i don't know there's like different ways about who you are but it's true like sometimes i don't feel like maybe if i'm not active when i was a welder right maybe i'm like i don't feel like a welder it's like well it doesn't matter what you feel like you, you go to work and you weld every day you know like you are right and so it's like well, i don't feel like a son of god it's like okay well we can talk about that why not but where's the disconnect but also recognize the the actual reality of you are mm. you know like we've been to having a lecture um in our school talk about um spiritual warfare and one of the, the first basis for spiritual warfare she's talking about is like spiritual warfare starts with intimacy with jesus mm. and she's like and you can have your there's a biblical identity and there's a perceived identity and the devil wants you to be more aligned with your perceived identity than your biblical mm. identity because mm. your perceived identity is defined by what you and other people think about yourself mm. and it doesn't include god mm. but the biblical identity says this is who you are before god mm. and so therefore you yep. can act like it mm. yeah I mean, cool. we, we even look at the Pharisees who who had All probably knowledge. the best theology, period. And then you look at Paul, who was a theologian genius. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was so zealous for theology that he would persecute anybody who tried to attack it. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit got hold of him, and then he saw clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was the Holy Spirit who revealed it all to him. Yeah. And your theology can only take you so far. It's just book knowledge yeah. until the Holy Spirit breathes on it. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, we're coming to the point where we got to get to work in a little bit and, and whatnot and, and run home and stuff like that. Grown-up jobs. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? Grown-up jobs. Grown-up Grown up jobs. jobs. Yeah. 
Well, we're grown-up volunteers. We don't yeah. get paid. It's <laughs> awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, so why don't you tell everyone where they can follow, where they can find you once again, just so people can hear you. Just you just dropped a, a course on on something, didn't you? A couple weeks ago. On, yes, I on actually. Media I just yeah, I just created a course, an online course on my website, jonahwiley.org. Uh, where I teach churches on how to create social media ministries. Mm, Um, I lead every time I live stream, I lead about 30 people to Jesus every single time, Mm. 30 to 50. I know 22 is the average on Instagram. I have not counted TikTok yet. Mm. And, um, we're discipling people. We, me and my friend, Sammy Perez, we're discipling 5,000 people through discord server. And so I'm teaching Mm. churches on how to mimic the success because it's like, if we're going to do the great commission, then we have to, have to, have to use the internet. Mm-hmm. And um, so other ways you can find me is on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. And I just got on Clapper as well um, mm-hmm. in case TikTok gets banned. And all of those are under Jonah Wiley, the Bible teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, the username is the Bible teacher in all of them. But if you, that doesn't pop up, then just look up Jonah Wiley. That's my name. Cool. Um, you can look me up on there. I just got on Twitch, as I said earlier before. I'm trying to re- uh, utilize that more and uh, enter into that sphere. Um, because if the gospel is the most important thing in human in human history, then mm. uh, we should be working zealously and fervently to make sure that gets out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. All right, guys, go follow him there and come back next week for more great episodes. Shoots.